Thank you for joining us. You've heard our scripture read from the new from the King James Version. I'd like to share the New Living Translation and reads. True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they broke their promises to God, does that mean that God breaks his promises? Of course not. The scripture says, though everyone else in the world is a liar, God is not. Do you remember what Psalms said about this? That God's word will always prove true and right, no matter who questions it. If I had to tag a topic to this, this message, it would be, so what if they didn't believe? January 6, 2021 was a day that began with thousands of the 45th president's supporters in Washington, D.C. for demonstrations that turned violent as many in attendance saw a group of domestic terrorists take a last stand for Trump because Congress was set to confirm that President-elect Joe Biden had won the election. Trump, who lost the popular and electoral college vote, even now continues to dispute the election results without evidence and has encouraged his supporters to attend rallies in support of him. He took to the stage at about noon to roaring crowds, falsely claiming he had won the election, invited them to the Capitol and sent them on. Later at the U.S. Capitol, crowds of people pushed past police who were trying to block them from entering the buildings as lawmakers inside debated, counting electoral college votes confirming Joe Biden's victory. A mob was able to breach security and successfully enter the building, where a woman was shot and later died. The Senate stopped its proceedings with Senator James Langford, the Republican from Oklahoma, when interrupted by an aide who said protesters were in the building. The House doors were immediately closed. In a notification, the U.S. Capitol Police announced no entry or exit is permitted in the buildings within the Capitol complex. Stay away from exterior windows and doors. If outside, seek cover, the police said. The circumstances were not cleared as to how this could happen. The entire D.C. National Guard was activated. The rapid expansion of military involvement came after D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser requested that Guard members already on duty be sent to the Capitol. In a televised speech, our 46th president, Joe Biden condemned Trump for stoking the violence. I call on this mob to pull back and allow the, the work of democracy to go forward, he said. People of God, these terrorists created all of this chaos because they didn't believe. Donald Trump incited this riotous behavior because he couldn't accept losing and not believe that he lost and lost bigly, as he would say. My question is, what if they didn't believe? Did that negate the validity of the election results? Absolutely not. In this pericope, Paul is preaching to the church in Rome about universal sin. It's like some of the same foolishness that we're experiencing with people's isms in this modern day chaos. You know, we know something about universal sin, like black and brown lives constantly being shot down by the police and no one being held accountable for what they've done. 
you know, we know something about universal sin, like misogynistic behaviors where women have to show up three or four times more credentialed in comparison to men to even have a seat at the table. The mayor of Paris was fined two weeks ago for hiring too many women. When is the last time you ever heard about a man being punished for hiring too many men? You know, we know something about universal sin when the healthcare system is set up to keep marginalized people from having equal access to benefits like others. Oh, we know about universal sin when our biases and our beliefs are more important than the life of others and a gang of terrorists can storm the Capitol in Washington, D.C., and because of their skin color, they're giving an escort in their own time out of the building. But the Black Lives Matter pro peaceful protesters were sprayed with tear gas and bum-rushed by Trump's paramilitary. Yeah, we know about universal sin, and it really doesn't matter whether these people believed that God is faithful or not. He's already proven himself over and over again. In our text, Paul asked, what if some did not have faith? In other words, what if they didn't believe? Paul is not so concerned with the sense of Christian faith, meaning a personal trust in the God who raises the dead, but rather our faithfulness to commit to be God's hands and feet in the earth realm. Paul wanted to know if we or Israel or the government, uh, you fill in the blank, but whatever it is, if we can trust God enough to see something in us, in me, in you, to be used for the glory of God. The commentary suggests that this is an underlying statement of God. God's faithfulness to the covenant and Israel's vocation to, to an answering faithfulness through which God's purpose for the world can be accomplished. Paul was concerned with Israel's failure to carry out the divine commission to be the conduits of this world's salvation. Just stop and think about it. Ask yourself, am I a conduit bringing salvation to this world? Or am I like these folk who seize the capital and can only see things through the lens that benefit me? And then ask yourself, when I am unfaithful, does that negate God's faithfulness? Absolutely not. Now, we may have some questions about where God is in all of this turmoil, but I promise you God has not left God's position. God is still in control. Look at God, how God changed Paul's heart. There were times, there was a time when he didn't believe either. We can't fall prey to what we can only see. Yes, I know 2020 dealt us one blow after another. When we, ex we are experiencing a global pandemic, we've experienced the televising of one black person after another. We've heard the verdict of, of a black woman being killed while sleeping and nobody being held accountable for it. We've experienced the death of 450,000 people in these United States of, because of COVID-19. We've seen the reports that over 27 million people have contracted that same virus. We know the economic structure in this country is unstable. The government is unhinged. The risk of people not having health care is prevalent and the poor are still being overlooked. Saints, does that negate who God is? Absolutely not. Does the fact that people of color are still seen as three-fifths of a human being in many, in, in many instances negate God's faithfulness? Certainly does not. Paul says in the King James Version, it is written. In the New Living Translation, it says, let me help you 
Paul says that he was referring to Psalm 51, 4, where the psalmist said, it was me who sinned against you, God. God hasn't forgotten about us. Paul was referring to the great prayer of repentance ascribed to David after he had committed adultery with, with Bathsheba. Paul wants us to remember that God is not the one who committed adultery. It was a man. Paul is reminding us that God's faithfulness is on point and that whatever our, our verdict is, God is going to be right in our, in his, with no question. It is interesting that as Paul continues in chapter 4, he connects sin with forgiveness. And of course, it speaks to the new heart that God will give us when we are repentant in our approach. In other words, in chapter 4, Paul reminds us there is nothing that we can do that's going to separate us from the love of God. God is going to forgive us, but we're going to have some consequences. That's another sermon for another day. It is imperative that we keep our eyes on the prize, which is our calling in Christ Jesus. For what does that mean? For me, it means that we must focus on the things that God has assigned to our hands. We have to address those things that cause us to operate from our positions of pain and doubt instead of our position of divine power. God's faithfulness is not subject to our inabilities to remain faithful. God's love toward us is not contingent upon our bad behaviors that show up as exclusivity of people who don't look like us or think like us or behave like us and believe like us. This is an opportunity for us to check our oppressive behaviors and see why we thought it was necessary to keep the black and brown vote suppressed or to keep that demographic of people outside of what some believe to be the right thing. So what if they don't believe? Joe Biden is still the 46th president of the United States. And Kamala Harris is the first woman, first black, first Asian American to hold the office of vice president. Other people's unbelief has no power over what God does in the earth realm. I don't know if you feel it, but I feel a, a, I sense a turning in the tide. I'm sensing that the 400 plus years that people of color, that women, that poor people, that disenfranchised people, that people who have been traumatized have been left, that were left out, the tide is now turning. I believe God has allowed the lid to be pulled off the spirit of racism and classism and sexism and any other isms you can name. And those who have been the oppressors must confess, repent, and turn from their bad behaviors. So what if they don't believe? Does other people's belief negate the fact that many of us feel pain in our hearts, our spirits, and our bodies? Just because you don't believe that we're not suffering doesn't mean it's not happening. Rhonda McGee, a well-known author, says that when we suffer with those who are most directly harmed, that we are walking in empathy. She suggests that this is when we deepen our capacity for mindful inquiry and experience more empathy and compassion. This is where we begin to see that, that these efforts to divide humanity represent confusion and greed, and it leads to the false notion that our harmful actions towards others do not matter. The scripture says that God is true, and so that what, that's where we have to hang our hats. Paul also suggests that we forget those things that are behind us. Let me warn you, what you do not confront from your past cannot be forgotten. We must deal with anything from our past that caused us to practice this universal sin that Paul speaks of. What is that, you may ask? 
Anytime we treat others any way other than godly, it is a sin. Anytime there is sexism and homophobia, classism, ableism, mass incarceration, inadequate health care, contaminated water, housing insecurity, and any forms of any other forms of social injustices, it's a sin. We can't just stick our heads in the proverbial sand and act like this isn't going to happen. So how do we change this behavior? I want you to know, I want you to read the rest of the chapter because there are three movements in the rest, in the end of this chapter, third chapter of Romans. The, Paul says we've been justified, we've been redeemed, and we've been accepted. And because of that, we know that God's grace is abound. Paul says in verse 24 that we've been justified by faith. Look at verse 24. We are so busy trying to be validated and vindicated by man that we've missed our justification through Christ. We can't let our socioeconomic status, our educational marital status cause us to miss this great gift. We can't let the church or government or any other entity keep us from knowing that the grace we've received is something that nobody can take away because it came from Christ. So we've been justified by faith. But secondly, we've been redeemed by faith. We must work through those things that have been places of pain in our lives. These lives, these are the things that often cause us to fall into sin when we don't process our pain and disappointments. There are things that are keeping us from focusing on and believing God for the things that are available to us. Our redemption is a place of deliverance from the penalties of sin. Christ has already paid the price. So why are we trying to repay a bill that Christ has already paid? So what if they don't believe? God's faithfulness shows up through propitiation or atonement. God's love was shown in our debt and our debt has been satisfied. God looks at us with love and kindness. So don't let the sins of your past haunt you or stifle you. You've been redeemed. So what if they don't believe? We've been justified, we've been redeemed and redeemed, and finally, we've been accepted by faith. Verse 27, verses 27 through 31 concludes this whole matter. We don't have anything to boast about, Paul says, none of us, because we've all been accepted into the kingdom of God by faith through Christ. All of us have been justified, redeemed, and accepted, not by any works we could ever do. The word says the just shall live by faith, not because our, we have good intentions, but not because of our gifts or our prayer life, but by faith. I've been accepted, not by my own wisdom, not by how many degrees I have, but because of my faith, not because uh, I can do anything other than what I can do through Christ. God knew that at the cross, he would give a full display of his wrath against that universal sin. And yet, because of his love for all of us, he would provide redemption and acceptance for all of us through Christ at the same time by faith. I take you back to the nation's capital where sedition and insurrection took place on January the 6th. I invite you back to that place they call sacred and ask you to consider how these mobsters went completely against what they said was sacred. How, how they professed to want to be a part of a democratic process, but couldn't accept the results of an election and had no proof of a steal, but decided they were going to take matters into their, their own hands. They desecrated and defecated all over the building, beat police until one died and two have since committed suicide. A woman was shot and killed. Four other people are dead and our country has never been more divided. 
because now the privileged have turned on the privileged. Universal sin and those domestic terrorists had the unmitigated goal to stand in the chambers and pray and ask God to bless their foolishness that took place in those hallowed halls. They committed what Paul calls an essential sin to confuse themselves with God and they fell prey to their pride in a competitive spirit of red and blue trying to oppress black and brown votes. Let me remind you, as it says in verse four of our text, God keeps his word. And when the whole world is lying through its teeth and on January 6th, truth had her say, God's word is true, and I'm eternally grateful that what I do, what I'm committed to, and what I'm faithful in doing has no bearing on God's faithfulness towards me. We know about universal sin. A mob of people crucified our Christ, and he told them before he ever went to the cross that on the third day he would rise again. So what if they didn't believe? Christ is risen. So what if they didn't believe? Joe Biden is the president. So what if they be didn't believe? Truth has had her say, and I believe God.